Hi, it's Mike Crawford. Welcome to the Young Jerks Podcast. Tonight, we're going to speak to homeless, recovering opiate and alcohol addict, Jimmy Meggs of Salem, Massachusetts, about health care and some of the issues that he sees for homeless addicts seeking treatment with the health care system. We'll be right back with Jimmy Meggs. It's Mike Crawford. I'm with uh, Salem resident Jimmy Miggs, who is a homeless person, who's uh, somebody who's fought opiate addiction and just recently uh, gotten sober from alcohol. And we're just going to speak to him about... uh, We're in Salem, Mass. right now. And uh, we just gifted him some free cannabis on our free cannabis campaign to help him out. And uh, we just want to talk to him a little bit about some of the things that he's dealing with right now. Jimmy, what's up? Hey, man. How's it going? Good. So why don't you tell us about, um, you know, basically what you're having some frustration right now. You got sober. Yeah. um, But you had some issues getting sober and it was a lot of issues with the health care. Can you give us a quick rundown on that? Okay. So uh, to make it a brief just synopsis of the last year um, or two years almost, um, I, I was... Um, I was a homeless person, but um, I was a, I was an addict um, of heroin, and I, I got arrested with with a small amount and um, got probation. Um, I started though um, a Vivitrol program and have been on it for approximately 21 months, the ninth and next month, um, and uh, so been clean all that time off of uh, opiates, but I've struggled with alcohol and um, benzodiazepines due to uh, my anxiety that I experience. Um, I just recently decided that I didn't want to um, um, be um, a slave to that anymore either. Um, so I ended up um, checking myself into um, a, 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 an appropriate facility, I guess. Um, is what you could say. Um, basically, um, when I went in, I was, I was, uh, I was, you know, basically not treated very well to begin with. Um, cause I have to go to, um, dual diagnosis as, uh, um, all other detoxes have, you know, proven that I need a high level of care, um, due to my mental illness. Um, Basically, I went in and I was given a medication and I was not told that I was on this medication, um, uh, which dehydrated me. It was a diuretic uh, chloro- hydrochlorothiamide. Um, they have a short name for it. I forget what the, the acronym is. But um, regardless, uh, it dried me out. I lost like eight pounds in five days. And when I finally found out what it was, I said, no, I don't want to take it no more. Um, and I was ready to leave. I left. Um, I spent a day out here um, taking care of official court business, getting off probation, um, as I had I had done well on my probation, um, adhering to what you know their conditions were. Um, I got off the probation um, and went to the emergency room that very day. Uh, checked back in to finish what was started. Went to another facility that was uh, related to the facility I was at. Um, Placed in dual diagnosis again. Um, was placed on another uh, drug um, 
called phenobarbital. Um, it, some people might be familiar because it's a barbiturate. Um, it's an 80s drug people used to abuse. Uh, used for blood thinning and uh, seizures. Um, neither of which I needed, but um, it's known to really mess with the, your mind and it messed with mine. So, I mean, basically that's the short version. Um, I, I witnessed a lot of um, lack of uh, proper medical care um, you know, basically, um, you know, um, a, a situation where there was no response to pleas for help, um, when it came to certain side effects that were going on with the medication, it wasn't just me, I seen it in other people, um, just total lack of, of the desire to, to, to be, um, to have patients be a part of their own medical care and advocate for themselves. They, they, they totally didn't like that. Um, they tried to push drugs on me that I didn't want to take and, um, and basically, um, left me in fear for my life genuinely. Um, so I had to, I had to, uh, leave, I had to leave. Um, and so, uh, it's a difficult situation. Thankfully, um, I have a resolve that I want to stay sober. Um, after, you know, seeing some, some things in my life, my, my mom, my mother's, um, in, on life support at the moment at, in, in Boston in a hospital in an, in an intensive care unit and seeing her in that condition it made me think I don't want my kids to see me in this condition ever because um, it broke my heart genuinely and uh, you know um, so I haven't touched um, anything to drink or any benzodiazepines since I entered the detox which is approximately a week ago about a week and a, a day ago so congratulations <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, we just gave you some free cannabis. Wow. What do you think about that? I think it's great. I mean, you know, anything free is for me, but especially cannabis because it's such a healing plant. So non-addictive. Um, I mean, personally, for me anyway, I, I, I've been able to go without it without a problem. Unlike heroin detox, benzodiazepine or alcohol, which are all, you know, basically you know used in some kind of way in a legal way or another um whereas cannabis is just making a comeback you know so yeah now um you're you're homeless you've got a felony record you've got the past drug addiction and the health issues what 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 do people need to know about how we treat homeless and addicted people what what, what can we be doing like what what is the state missing what are the cities and towns these organizations i know that you're not always happy about this stuff so tell us what what should we know well a lot of excuses are made like by different organizations um like for instance the shelter in my town life bridge um aka death bridge um it it, it basically hand selects who it wants to go in and, and when they decide you've had enough time there, they just kick you out um, as they did to me because um, they couldn't really, you know, control me, I guess. I wasn't a quiet person when it came to voicing, you know, any displeasure when it came to, you know, the way they treated us. Um, but for the most part, I was, you know, I was active. I was sober for a few months then. Um, and legally prescribed a benzodiazepine by a doctor um, for my anxiety. Um, and I was taking it as prescribed, so I was not doing anything other than cannabis and a Vivitrol shot every month. Um, basically, um, you know, they, they have apathy to people who, who genuinely need. And, you know, like 
there's this old lady Mary that um, oh I probably shouldn't have said her name but anyways she's an older lady and she is a stubborn lady and you know she is out on the street but she's every day in my my view um, you know I try to help her out because she's got two walkers walking around and she goes everywhere with it anybody who knows her knows her story but like they could help her out but they don't they don't insist on helping her out but you know it's like they should and they're you know excuses like you know it, you know for a lot of people that you know stay there is like you can't be on cannabis because they get federal funding that's what their excuse is but really come on we live in a state that has legal medicinal and stuff so if, if somebody has a medicinal card they should be able to use it in you know in a safe form um you know in you know whatever capacity you know they are able to you know legally um and and that i think the shelter should adhere to that or the shelter should because as i just recently spoke with representative paul tucker who used to be our chief of police um who's familiar with me and my record he's seen me when he was a you know a beat cop and and whatnot and you know working his way up i seen him walking downtown um a few weeks ago and i talked to him about how i've been clean off the vivitrol and and you know he mentioned that the lady who gives me my shot you know had mentioned me in meetings with the mayor um kim driscoll here because i'm so i've been so successful on the, the vivitrol i also have been cured of hep c via you know one of the rna based you know um cures that they have uh, uh like um anyways um uh, not trying to you know f- promote that either i'm just saying that it worked for me so you know two years later i'm still clean and i'm i'm still you know undetected of hep c you know i'm still advocating for myself still doing what i need to do even if i'm outside you know i have friends i have family they take me inside but you know sometimes but you know most of the time i'm outside and you know like this should be more outreach like in the city of boston you know there's some vans that go around and they you know they help people give them blankets give them stuff to eat it's like nothing like that here they have a community impact unit but mainly they just harass the homeless people and you know arrest them if they see them doing something they're not supposed to be doing it's just one big thing of you know like lack of really caring i don't know if it's just lack of funding but you know uh really it shouldn't cost that much money to to help out homeless people Uh, yeah you mentioned two things i want to just drill down on number one uh was the shelters was it life bridge they don't allow medical cannabis for for people who are addicts who are getting off opiates and and that's true they don't they don't uh technically they don't i mean when i went in i I tested positive but you know because of the 30-day window that you have with with cannabis that's you know I mean, that's going to be expected. People can go in and test positive, but um, if they test later on for it, then they're penalized to be, be a, you know, some kind of reprimand. I was not given any kind of thing like that. Like, I was not given a drug test further than the one that got me through the door. I was only kicked out for telling somebody that they don't need to tell me how to do this chore. I've been in the system longer than they've been alive. I mean, the girl's 20. I'm... 43 my my son's 22 i've been in the system since i was 13 so i mean that puts about seven years on her age um which which means i wasn't telling a lie and even if i could do her job better than that and even if i said it it's not a reason to put me out on the street and say you can't have a warm bed to sleep in and a place to shower and everything and you know take away dignity that i had and you know i thought that i was going forward um you know but basically yeah that's you know that's a problem 
the things they could do more is, you know, they could, you know, they could get more involved and, you know, I mean, there's, there's plenty of people who want to help, you know, you know, get things, you know, get things going for homeless people so they can, they can make their, their way in society and, and, and not have to be dependent upon the system or anyone else. You know, it, it's like the, 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 the story about the, you know, the, this guy on, um, this Facebook video that I seen, he, you know, he showed two lighters, one that spent all night out in the cold and one that spent all night indoors. And he said, see, this one spent a night all night and he tried to light the one on light and it wouldn't light. And then he tried to light the one that, that did light. I mean, that was inside all night and it, and it lit easily. And he said all that sometimes the other one needs is a, a hand up and he put the flame to the other one as the gas was going. And of course it lit and then it was able to light on its own. So, I mean, that's basically the, the principle of it. It's like, just all you have to do is like show them the way and you know, they're willing, more than willing to go. If you, if you show that you care instead of having apathy, of course, somebody's going to respond to that. I mean, I would respond to it. I mean, I'm, I'm responding to my own desire to, to do what's right in my life by, by not giving up on myself and continuing forward. You know, I, I can say this honestly, uh, as a homeless person, um, but also mentally ill, um, and seen a lot in my life, um, uh, without cannabis um, or cannabinoids, I should say, you know, like um, like CBD and and um, THC and you know w- you know different forms, flour and and oils and vape and dabs and whatnot. Without that, I I would be I would be in a you know a much deeper position, you know, depression wise, anxiety wise, um, because it's managed all of that without addicting me and without making me. Um, go through horrible withdrawals that end me up in hospitalizations after hospitalizations, which cost money on my yeah. insurance company, and that's ultimately, you know, you know, off of my, you know, my taxes that I paid, you know, into the system when I did have jobs. You know what I mean? I earned that right, but it's it's ultimately off of the system that we all pay into. Right. You know. Let me uh, ask you two more things. Number one, if you uh, run out of cannabis, you need cannabis. You're having a tough time. You need some. Call me. Okay. Text me. I'm right down the street. No doubt. Would you do that. I would. I would, Mike. And I. I appreciate it. I. I. I just. Um, I want you to know that you know. Since I met you, I. I appreciate your attentiveness to this. This plight, and you know, I'm, I appreciate the fact that you've been able to put it down. Um, you know, in in a in in a in a capacity that you know people can hear this story. I'm hoping that people don't turn their eyes away just because you know they they don't have the time at the moment. I I literally like would love to just get up on my feet and have a place to live, you know, indoors. But lack of opportunity means lack of you know success. So it doesn't stop me from still trying to find it. But I'm you know legit just really wanting to go forward i want to put the past behind me and you know and and live in the present but for the future you know what i mean make it better and you know i mean genuinely cannabis helps it so that i'm able to walk from place to place and get around and still manage after i don't have a night's sleep because it's too cold or it's too rainy or it's too you know dangerous you know um one uh, a couple last things uh you have a Facebook page, a Facebook profile. If people want to reach out and help you in Salem, Mass area, they can they can reach out and find you there. I mean, yeah, they could. 
I'm, I'm not asking for it, though, directly. I mean, unless somebody has a job, you know, per se, they, they, they don't mind hiring a convicted felon who's, who's learned his, from his mistakes genuinely. I mean, I'm going to be applying to get my record sealed. So that'll make it easier because I, I already did actually beforehand and they sent me a letter saying, wait till your case is done here and my case just got done. I just terminated probation early, matter of fact. So I, I think I said that earlier. Yes. Uh, forgive um, me. And the last thing, uh, you mentioned uh, Mayor Kim Driscoll. You mentioned, uh, is he still a state state rep or state senator, Paul uh, Paul Tucker? I believe so. I believe he's still he's still in in office. Yes. Do you like? Do you? What do you say to them? Like, what do you think that they should be doing for folks like you who are homeless and addicted? Well, I mean, basically, it's a bounce off of what um, a bill that Senator, I mean, Congressman um, Seth Moulton just put in uh, to Congress on on helping people with PTSD, specifically veterans who are coming over. Um, who need access to, to more care for PTSD. I'm a, a sufferer of PTSD, not because I was in the military, but because I lived my own hell in my own battlefield growing up watching domestic violence. A blood, a lot of blood, a lot of stuff that when I talk about it, it's right in front of my eyes. Again, cannabis has been helpful in alleviating the pains and pressures of, of the, the post-traumatic stress. Um, you know, and I say post-traumatic stress because I don't want it to be a disorder. And, and, you know, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm still breathing and I'm standing. So, you know, I'm not a disorder at this moment. So it's just post-traumatic stress. I'm just trying to deal with it appropriately. Thank you, Jimmy. No problem. Thanks you, Mike. That's crazy that you can do that all on your phone. Everything. 18 minutes, 17 minutes.